Hi, my name's Alyssa. And my name's Melissa. Welcome back to the Deliverability Defined Podcast. Each week, we'll be diving deep into a topic and giving you practical advice to improve your email deliverability. In other words, we'll help you reach the inbox of your subscribers and stay out of their spam folders, leading to more success in your email marketing. Deliverability can be complex, but we're here to define it. Hello. Good morning, Melissa. Good morning. How are you doing today? I'm pretty good. I am excited about today's topic because I feel like it's one that it's important to any sender of email, no matter who you are, anybody cares about metrics and what are good metrics to be shooting for and also what metrics might not be what you think they are. Yeah, I think this will definitely be a fun episode that kind of helps bring some of the topics we've been talking over the last few weeks, kind of bring it together and show show listeners how they can understand some of the things that are happening in their in their accounts. Definitely. We got a little in the technical weeds last week with authentication, so it'll be nice to step out of those weeds and go to something a little bit more high level that isn't so specific. Definitely. But it's good for everybody. So we could start off with maybe kind of a fun little fact about ConvertKit specifically, which is that we'll talk about the open rate across the board for customers. And do you want to share what that is? Yeah. So as of just this week, the average open rate for all ConvertKit accounts is 32%, which is pretty good. That is pretty good. We've talked about- Proud of you all. Yay. (laughs) We've talked about 20% is on average a good open rate. So that's obviously almost 12% higher than what we would consider an average- across the board. Yeah. Very proud of you all. Keep it up. (laughs) So some stuff we'll be covering today. We'll be talking about which metrics matter and when it comes to email deliverability and healthy ranges for each metric. And then some risky levels for metrics that indicate a potential issue and also why open rates are not always the most reliable source to decide how the health of your list is. Yes. For that reason, we're going to save open rates for last in this discussion. And they tend to be the most emotional metric. You know, if anybody sees an open rate drop, they oftentimes get very upset. So we're going to talk a little bit more about open rates, how they can be helpful and why they're just not always reliable. But again, let's save that for the end and we will get to more straightforward metrics. And the first one we're going to talk about is bounces. So if you want more in-depth information about bounces, check out our first episode. But in general, a bounce happens when the message that you're sending is not successfully delivered to the mailbox provider. And this can happen for many, many, many different reasons. There are soft bounces and there are hard bounces. In a perfect world, a soft bounce is a bounce that's kind of temporary in nature, such as the subscriber having a full mailbox or the message being flagged by the subscriber's spam filter. And then a hard bounce is more permanent in nature, such as non-existent email addresses, or they just don't have a valid MX record on their domain, things that would signal this email address is just not going to ever receive email. Crazy how many reasons an email can bounce too. I mean, from our end, we're able to see some of those bounce reasons and messages that we have on our end, but it's not always a reason to panic. Sometimes it's easy to be like, oh, what's happening? 
And oftentimes, the soft bounce, like you said, Alyssa, it's usually something with the subscriber. It can even be something as simple as like their domain address is not set up correctly and they're not able to receive mail. So it's definitely a good thing to not panic and think that it's something that you as a sender have done wrong. Sometimes it can just be, like we've said before in previous episodes, deliverability is not always 100% with the algorithms that these different email box providers are using. It's not always going to be 100% accurate. So sometimes it can be something that maybe if we take a look at at things, it doesn't always make sense why it happened. But yeah, it's not always going to be 100% every time. Exactly. And like we said in a previous episode, a big misconception is that you click send, email goes straight to the mailbox provider's inbox, you know, and it's just a single transaction and that it should happen seamlessly, no issues. But in reality, email is a back and forth conversation between the sender and the receiver. There are many steps at play and anywhere along the line, something can go wrong pretty easily. So like you said, no cause for a panic. And we will give some rates that tell you kind of when you maybe should start to be concerned or change some things. But for the most part, just a bounce here and there is nothing to be worried about. That's the name of the game with email. Right. So senders in general should try and keep their balance rate below 2%. And in ConvertKit specifically, it's nice because with a hard balance, that subscriber will automatically be taken out of your list. So you will not continue to send to them once they have a hard balance which is nice because if you were to continue to send to that person, it would start to really hurt your sender reputation. Yes, such a good point. That's one of the things that ESPs, email service providers like ConvertKit, do on your behalf that seems to happen so behind the scenes, you don't really think about it, but it's such an important part of sending email at a large scale. So if you're using ConvertKit or another ESP that is handling bounces, then that's a really good thing that's done automatically for you. And you don't have to worry about keeping up with who's hard bounced. I need to remove them and all of that. So if you notice that your bounces are more between two to 5%, that's a warning sign that something should be improved. That's an elevated bounce rate. And there are some things to look into, which we'll list here in a second. But then bounces above 5% is a sign that there is a larger issue at play, likely, especially if the bounces get up into the double digits. So potential reasons for elevated bounces could be uh, poor list collection. So if you are collecting subscribers in a way that the email box providers can tell is not from a pure place, if you will, poor list health is another one. So if you're sending to maybe cold subscribers super consistently, or maybe you're inconsistent in your sending in general. Authentication issues, especially DMARC, which we talked about in the previous episode. So if you need any information on that, you can go listen to that episode and we just talk about how DMARC can affect bounces and that sort of thing. And then your sender domain, if it's invalid. So if you don't have any MX records, then your domain isn't gonna do what it needs to do in order to send those messages. Yes, such a good one. I feel like we'll every now and then see someone come through ConvertKit that just created their domain. Maybe you just bought it. You're so excited. You set up your ConvertKit account and you go to send emails, but your domain isn't fully set up yet. It doesn't have an MX record. So all of your messages will bounce. So it's important to get all of those steps taken care of. Perfect. Uh, I think that's pretty much it on bounces. Let's talk about a really negative 
action subscribers can take, which are complaints and complaint rates. So many mailbox providers operate a feedback loop where they will let the sender know if the subscriber marked the message as spam. So essentially, if a mailbox provider has one of these feedback loops, you send out an email, that subscriber marks the message as spam, the mailbox provider comes back to the sender, which in our case is ConvertKit, and says, this subscriber marked this message as spam, and we go into your account, log that subscriber as a complaint, and make sure they don't receive any future messages from you. So that's another good perk of using an email service provider that does that sort of complaint management for you, because if you continued to email people who mark your message as spam, that could do a lot of damage to your deliverability. And Gmail, for a side note, does not operate a traditional feedback loop, which means that you won't see any data about it in if you've ever looked through your complaint subscribers in ConvertKit, you won't see any of those addresses will not be Gmail. Yes, exactly. I feel like that's one that not a lot of people know about. And so we do have a way as an ESP on our end to sometimes see complaint rates through Gmail if they tell us about it within our Postmaster Tools dashboard. And then we might reach out to you and say, hey, you had complaints, high complaints at Gmail. And typically people are very confused because they're like, I don't see that in my account. But that's because Gmail will not give us specific information about which subscribers complained. They just put it all into one percentage. So just a note there. But complaints, as we've talked about many times, are a very negative signal. And any sender will want to keep them as low as possible. A pretty easy metric to keep in mind is try and keep your complaints below 0.1%. And you can think about that as one subscriber complaining out of every 1,000 that you email. So if you sent an email to 10,000 people and 10 marked your messages spam, that would be right at that 0.1% threshold. That's even kind of higher than you should aim for necessarily. It's just a good threshold to keep in mind. But the average complaint rate across all ConvertKit accounts is way less than that. It's like 0.007. So even 0.1% is elevated if you compare yourself to every other ConvertKit customer or just the average sender. But anything above 0.1% is definitely elevated and indicates that there's some sort of issue at play. And complaints can sometimes be a little bit trickier to pinpoint when you're trying to figure out why you have an elevated complaint rate. There's some obvious ones like poor list collection, if you're, which we've mentioned this previously, if you're collecting subscribers from, let's say, a giveaway, and you say, we're giving away a car, and you have to sign up to our list, and then you'll be entered. Well, once the person wins and they're done, and everybody else who didn't win the car sees that they're still receiving emails from you, they'll probably complain or they won't open your emails either way. So I've definitely noticed that that is a trend with giveaways. It doesn't necessarily mean you're doing anything wrong. It's not like you're doing something that's in bad practice per se, but just generally speaking, those people are not going to want to continue to be on your list because the initial reason they signed up was for something much larger. So complaints can come from that. Poor list health. Again, if you're emailing cold subscribers or you're super inconsistent with your emailing and maybe you only email your list once a month and then you change to like three times a day, that would probably cause some complaints. Unrecognizable sending domain or name. People want to remember who you are. 
they'll look for your specific domain or sender email address in their inbox. And if you change it or maybe you're inconsistent, that's another way that people can get confused and maybe mark something as spam. And then unhelpful content, sending too frequently or too infrequently, like I mentioned before. And my favorite one, which we have an episode on, is list bombing. This can mean that you have maybe a form on your site that bots or spam signups are coming to and it's not protected by either using like reCAPTCHA or incentive email. And so if that's happening to you, you might just see a lot of kind of odd signups coming in through a form and they will be complaining. And in ConvertKit specifically, you can tell this might be happening by looking at someone who signed up to a form and then seeing that timestamp and then seeing what time they complained. Normally, it will be almost at the exact same time. Right. Yeah. If you send someone an email and they immediately complain about that email, they probably didn't actually sign up for it. And you mentioned poor list collection a couple times. So I just want to make sure we're all on the same page about what that means because some people listening might think one thing is okay and then others might think it's not okay. So this is the ConvertKit required list collection and also the best practice industry-wide that you really should use when determining if the type of collection you're using is a good idea or not. Essentially, we require that every subscriber on your list has directly opted in to be there and receive emails from you specifically. So not somebody that was in a giveaway with you or not just a business partner or somebody that's similar to you. Your subscribers should know who you are, have a relationship with you, and have either given direct consent to receive your email marketing or have purchased something from you recently. So that is the way you have to collect your list if you use ConvertKit and pretty much any other ESP out there. And anything outside of that would be considered not permission-based, which is just likely going to cause a lot of deliverability issues like we've mentioned here today. So again, just a few examples of poor list collection would be purchasing a list, scraping a list off the internet with just public addresses you see, sending to your LinkedIn contacts, yeah, sharing lists, Wi-Fi lists, we've talked about that. So many different ways you can collect email addresses that people don't actually know who you are and they didn't actually sign up to receive those emails from you. So that's just not going to work in today's deliverability landscape with really smart spam filtering and the way that sender reputation is calculated. Right. And it's really easy for those email box providers to tell when that's been happening. So even if you're trying to come from, I've seen people mistakenly, they thought they were coming from a good place by trying to share a list and that email box provider will be able to tell that that's happening. So ultimately, even if you're not realizing that what you're doing is probably not appropriate for, like you said, the email marketing landscape these days, you're ultimately going to hurt your sender reputation very quickly because those email box providers are going to be able to tell that this is happening. Yeah, exactly. And this might be a little off track, but I think it's important, which is easy, quick way to try and get your email in front of people is to get the emails first in a way that's not directly opt-in and then send them all emails and just hope that someone out there clicks and buys from you. And that's been a strategy out there in the email world for a while, and it just doesn't work very well. 
But the right way to do it, which is the harder way and the slower way, is to put your content out there, build your list, give people relevant, helpful information, sometimes for free at first, to build up your list and build up your audience. And then with that engaged group of people who know who you are, have signed up for your list, have been enjoying your content, sell to them on using your email list. And you have that existing relationship. And that's the right way to do it. I know it's not easy. It's the harder way to go about it, but it is the right way and the way that will provide much better results in a much more engaged following. Exactly. So moving on to click rates. So your click rate is one of the most valuable metrics when you're trying to determine the success of your email marketing. Yeah, especially if you have a really specific call to action, which we always encourage. Tracking the click rate on that call to action It just gives you a great metric. You're like, okay, here's how many people that did exactly what I wanted them to do. So it's a little different than an open rate where it's like, okay, they opened the email. Right. But did they actually take that step that I was hoping they would take, which is where click rates can be the most helpful. Yes. Engaging and seeing where people found value in your email is so important. And in ConvertKit, it's great because you can use those clicks to segment people into different categories. We've talked about that previously as well. And it's just, it's so helpful to see who needs what kind of information from you as a sender. Exactly. So the average click rate is between two to 3%, but that's going to vary greatly between senders, between emails. Some are going to have much lower click rates. I mean, sometimes people, surprisingly, send an email with nothing to click. They just want to send an email, which is fine. And then sometimes people will send an email that just gets so many clicks because people are really excited about what they're offering. But some best practices for achieving higher click rates is, like we mentioned, having one single clear call to action so that people aren't overwhelmed. They know exactly what they're supposed to do when they see your email. But also that you're providing value to your subscribers. It's always best to have servant heart whenever you're sending this email. And there is a step you want people to take, but make sure that your subscribers understand why they want to take that step. Why is it helpful to them? So I know we've talked about this a lot, but instead of saying, I'm selling this thing, click here to see it more. So thinking about, well, what will that thing do for them? Maybe it's a meditation course. So instead your call to action is for better focus in your daily life. Click here to receive my guide. Talk about what the end result is, and that's going to help drive more clicks. Absolutely. And like Melissa already said, sending targeted, relevant content is so important. Just doing a training last week, I came up with an example that I've never used before, but I think it's a good example where it's like, I shop at a lot of places that sell baby things. I love babies. I don't have a baby. So like Target, for example, I go there all the time. And if Target sent me an email full of diapers and whatever else, I would not click on that because I'm not the person for that email. But their email marketing team is very smart and they typically only send me very targeted content based on what I've done in the past. They know me with the data they have on me. They know my patterns and habits, which might seem a little creepy, but it's just the way commerce works right now, they know what I've purchased. So they can use that data to send me more relevant emails to me. So 
Whenever you're going to send out an email and you're promoting something or hoping someone will take action, be sure to think, who am I sending this to? And is this relevant to everyone on my list? Or is it pretty specific? So if we're going back to a meditation course, let's say your course is focused on CEOs. (laughs) Let's say it's for our leaders in the company. If you want to offer a meditation course to people who lead teams in corporate environments, you're going to want to make sure you segment your list for those people if you know about them. If you send it to everyone, it just might not be relevant for everyone and you're going to get less clicks. So the more targeted and relevant the content is, the more clicks you'll get. Right. And I know as a subscriber to other people's lists myself, I really appreciate those kinds of targeted emails because then I get the information that I'm looking for more quickly and I don't have to do the research to find the information that I need. Right. Exactly. It's really caring for your subscribers. I know we've, again, talked about that a lot and we always will, that your subscribers are real people and the best way to have good deliverability is to have empathy for them. You should know that they're humans. You do know some information about them. Try and serve them. Try and give them content that's going to be helpful to them. Right. And then the last thing would be, again, one of my favorite things is clean your list regularly. And this is just to make sure that the people who really want to receive your emails are getting those. And those who are not as engaged probably don't need to be on your list. And we've talked about list size is something that is kind of hard to not feel badly about when you cut ties with people who maybe aren't opening your emails because it makes your list size shrink down a little bit and maybe you feel like you're not getting as much content out to as many eyes. And I can totally relate and understand why that was sort of a difficult practice, but it is really important that you're only sending emails to those people who are opening, clicking, and engaging with the content. Yes, so important. Like you're saying, at the end of the day, the more engaged your list, the better your deliverability, which means the more your emails will go into the inbox and be seen. Plus, those people are engaged. Your email is relevant to them. They're likely going to take that next step and open, click, and convert, which is the next thing we're going to talk about. Conversion rates, which might end up being the same thing as the click rate on your call to action. Just depends on what it is you are wanting subscribers to do. So a conversion rate is pretty much you just asking yourself, what is it that I want the subscriber to do? Do I want them to purchase something? Do I want them to download something, to become a member of my community? Whatever it is, it's really important to be tracking that on your end or for many ESPs, including ConvertKit, you can tie in integrations depending on what tool you're using for maybe commerce or communities, things like that. So looking at how many people not only opened the message, clicked the call to action, but then went the extra step and actually did the thing you wanted them to do, that would be your conversion rate. So that is the most important rate because that's at the end of the day, that's your goal. Right. And it's really easy to, as a sender, focus more on opens, bounces, sort of the other metrics that while they are important, like we've mentioned through this whole episode so far, opens, bounces, and some other things we've mentioned can stem not even from a deliverability issue. So when you focus on those things, it's not always helpful to figure out how to improve your sender reputation. You know, like I said, sometimes there'll be a random reason for a bounce and the more heavily you focus on it, it might be taking away from 
you focusing on your conversion rate. And like Alyssa said, that's the most important metric we can look at as a sender. Yeah, definitely. And it's probably good to go ahead and just jump into open rates. And that'll highlight how important conversion rates are because a lot of us focus on the open rates. It's kind of the first thing you see when you send your email, you want people to open. It's very easy to track. And so people get really hung up on it which is totally understandable. But at the end of the day, someone opening your email doesn't mean they're going to convert or click. Sometimes they didn't even open it, even though it says they did, which we will talk about. So email opens are tracked using a tiny invisible pixel at the bottom of the email that lives within the HTML of the email. And that little pixel gets loaded if the images in the message get loaded. And that typically happens when someone opens the email. So as soon as they open it, boom, all the images should start loading, including that tracking pixel, and it counts and open for that person. But unfortunately, it just doesn't always work that way. Sometimes that pixel gets loaded even when the person hasn't opened the email yet. And sometimes a person will open their email and that pixel won't get loaded. So it's just important to keep in mind that you should be aware of your open trends and look for any spikes or major drops. But also it's good to just know that open rates aren't a 100% accurate metric. Just like we've talked about with other metrics or deliverability aspects, like nothing is ever 100%, which is why you just kind of have to figure out like what's going on in your specific account, whether you're with ConvertKit or a different ESP, and almost like a health checklist of your account. So it's not always going to be 100% accurate every single time. And I feel like we say it a lot, but it really is true. Yeah, it's unfortunate. It's just kind of part of email. And the more we can embrace that it's a little quirky and it's not always a 100% accurate or smooth process, the better we can all just accept that and do better and be better email marketers. Exactly. Adjust what our expectations are and figure out how to work with what we've got. So some reasons for automatic opens. One of them, some mailbox providers will preload images to give subscribers a better email viewing experience. And this causes that open tracking pixel to be loaded even when the subscriber hasn't opened it. Yeah. One thing I've read, I don't know that it's 100% accurate, but someone posted this on the internet and I did a little testing and it did look to be true based on what I was seeing is that Gmail specifically, if they notice a user uses their mobile app pretty often to look at their email, then they will preload images for that subscriber pretty often because it gives them a better mobile viewing experience. They don't have to sit and wait around for those images to get loaded when looking at emails on their phone. They'll just already be pulled up for them. Hmm. That's super interesting. Yeah, I do have an email address of mine, a Gmail address that I look at my phone a lot to check it. I also have one that I never have had on my phone and I don't check it on my phone very often. I use the desktop. And I did see when I sent an email to the address that I use on mobile a lot and I hadn't opened the message yet and open was tracked. But when I sent an email to the one I view on desktop most often, it correctly calculated my open based on when I actually opened the email. That's super interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. And I know a lot of senders might be sad hearing that because it means that your opens might be inflated. Again, there's not a lot any sender can do about that. You just kind of have to 
it's better just to be informed and know that that's the case. Right. Well, and on that same note, some subscribers will have really strict spam filters that will automatically load the images. And I've, I've definitely seen this with testing before. It does happen where you'll go in and I'll look at like a customer's account and I'll see that incentive email has been opened. I've done testing in a few different accounts and I think I have different spam filters for different addresses that I have in my personal address as well. And unfortunately, it does say that I opened the email when I haven't. And I've seen this happen and it is unfortunate. Ultimately, those spam filters are there to help the subscriber. Like we always say, you know, the subscriber's experience is very important. And so it's a little frustrating, but that's why we're talking about some of these other metrics so that the focus isn't only on the open rate. Right. And it's always important to keep in mind that most email sent all over the world is like phishing, spam, malicious, not good email. So a lot of the ways that email has its quirkiness and the way it's built is to protect people first. And that's why as just a good email sender who's just trying to, you know, send your newsletter and you're not even thinking about all the spam and malicious email out there, it can seem painful to have to work around all these things and people's emails are being automatically opened or links are being automatically clicked. And I know that's frustrating, but it's important to zoom out and see the bigger picture of email that we're all living in and the fact that it is a dangerous place if certain measures aren't in place. And so the mailbox providers, their number one goal is to keep their users safe from that kind of email. And like you just said, Melissa, that's the purpose of automatically opening emails and clicking on links for a lot of spam filters. It's to check that there's nothing malicious hiding in the email and that they can successfully put that email into the subscriber's inbox, which they end up doing. But again, it just might cause some inflated opens and clicks. Right. And we have some reasons for legitimate opens not being tracked. Do you want to kind of go through some of those? Yeah, of course. So if a subscriber's mailbox provider doesn't automatically load the images in an email, the open tracking pixel also won't be loaded. And I know some people have specific settings on their end that they have selected not to load images automatically for whatever reason. And if they have that in place, then they could be opening your emails and you just don't know about it because they have image loading turned off. And if that image loading is turned off, then the open tracking pixel will not be loaded, which means an open won't be calculated. And this next one, I actually feel like I see relatively often. um, And then I don't think it's one that most people would really think about too much. Yeah. And I just recorded a quick tip video on our YouTube about this, where I go more in depth. So if you want to look at that, check it out, youtube.com slash convertkit. But if your message is too large or too long or just is over the file limit, then it's possible that your email is getting clipped, which you might have seen that in Gmail. If you look at an email and you scroll all the way to the bottom and it says message clipped, and it usually says click here to view the full message. In that scenario, the open tracking pixel is also clipped, which means an open will not be recorded even if people are looking at that email. So Like Melissa mentioned, I've definitely seen this happen. And when it happens, the open rate drop is pretty dramatic. People will go from, you know, 20 to 30% open rates down to like 5% because a lot of people are still opening their email. They probably still had a 20 to 30% open rate technically, but that open tracking pixel was not loaded because the message was clipped and you just don't know who opened and who didn't. 
So you're going to want to be sure your email is below 100 kilobytes to try and not get close to that threshold that's placed on clipping emails. Again, if you need more information on how to know, go check out that YouTube video and we will link it in the show notes and blog as well. The last reason we have for legit opens not being tracked, this is kind of a new one, a very controversial subject that we won't get into, but some mailbox providers like the new hey.com from the Basecamp team will block all tracking pixels. They have declared them to be spy pixels. They don't like them. And so if you have a hey.com account, you will not see any open tracking pixels within any of your emails. And if you have subscribers on your list that are using the domain hey.com, you won't see any opens from them ever, even if they're opening your emails. So that's something to keep in mind. It's definitely going to change the game if a lot of people are using this and it's going to change the way email senders need to act. Oh, wow. I feel like that could be a whole episode on its own. (laughs) Yeah, I think we should do that. I'm not getting too controversial. I know we respect everyone's desire for privacy and ConvertKit does have a feature where if you're a sender, you can turn off open tracking so that your emails will not have an open tracking pixel. And we also do outline all of the features will be taken away. If you do this, for example, we can't tell you who a cold subscriber is because we don't know who's opening and who's not. Can't tell you who's opening your emails. We can't tell you your open rates. Some people are totally fine with that. And so that's a really good option for them. But I agree. Let's have a whole episode on this because it's very interesting. Super interesting. So moving on to the next thing. So aside from the shortcomings of opens, which, you know, we've just given you some reasons why that not that you shouldn't pay attention to them, but right. why they can be sometimes a little bit unreliable. And also, and we say this with the best intentions, like when you see your open rate drop dramatically, it's not always to incite panic. It could be from something that's actually like the clipped message, like they're probably still opening. Yeah. But you know, you're that pixel is not being loaded. And so there's no reason to like assume that the worst thing has happened. Yes. And that that goes for a lot of deliverability aspects, I think, you know, just to make sure that you're kind of keeping track, that you're looking at all these metrics that you're comparing. And when you do see something odd, normally, if you're using ConvertKit, you can always reach out to support and we can look into why that's happening. And if you're at another ESP, normally, they'll have support there as well, where you can reach out and find out if there's information, you know, you can get that maybe you're not aware of, or maybe it's not obvious. Just by you as a customer looking into it on your own, sometimes it's just nice to have another set of eyes. Yeah, exactly. I think the big thing to keep in mind here, especially for open rates, is to pay attention to trends. And any big spikes or drops is a good sign that there's something to look into. But for the most part, if things are looking pretty consistent, I wouldn't worry about, you know, a couple percentage points here and there fluctuating. That's very, very normal. Right. So zero to 10% open rate, we would typically say there's a pretty serious issue. If you're getting 2%, 5%, and that's your constant open rate, there's probably a larger issue going on. And you'll definitely want to kind of run through some kind of deliverability checklist or reach out to support wherever you're at and maybe ask for a little bit more information because there's probably something not 100% right. Yeah, definitely. I would say if your opens are in the single digits, it's time to do some investigating and see what could be going on there. 10 to 20% isn't, you know, a huge issue. It's just there is some room for improvement there. But again, if I see that rate, I don't think, oh my goodness, they have a terrible sender reputation and their emails are all going to spam. It's not one of those situations. 
But it just is saying, okay, some people are engaged consistently. There is some room for improvement. And typically just cleaning up your list can really bring that open rate to the next level. Right. And 20 to 30% indicates healthy engagement. And there's always room to improve. I mean, I've never seen an account with 100% open rate. It's just not going to happen. No. Um, (laughs) You know, we all wish, but it's just not, that's not realistic. So 20 to 30% is a great place to be. I've definitely seen accounts within ConvertKit that have, you know, a 60% open rate. And sometimes that's a larger list, sometimes it's a smaller list, but ultimately you can tell that their content is so valuable to their subscribers that those people are opening a lot of the emails they're receiving. Yeah. And I just want to give us a pat on the back. So Melissa and I have our own ConvertKit account for this podcast. You can sign up to be on our list and it has a 75% open rate. So Look at us. We're following all of our deliverability (laughs) recommendations. We don't just talk the talk, but we walk the walk. And that's lovely open rate, 75%. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. Happy about that. Definitely. And like we said at the top of the episode, average open rate across all ConvertKit accounts is currently 32%, which is really great. It makes me happy. I know a lot of our customers are trying to get their best rates possible to do the right thing, to have a lot of empathy and provide value to their list. And it's definitely showing. Absolutely. If you're a ConvertKit customer, We're celebrating you too. You're doing a great job. Yes. Pat yourself on the back. Yes. (laughs) Okay. So in summary, there are lots of metrics to measure in email marketing. And when you're trying to figure out if you have a deliverability issue or if you're doing really well, all the metrics are not equal, but they can all be useful for determining what's going on. However, it is best to focus on the metrics that actually indicate subscribers are taking the action that you want them to, like click rates and conversion rates, and do what you can to try and drive those rates. And of course, when it comes to open rates and things like that, be sure to look at trends, notice if there's anything unusual. But for the most part, fluctuating here and there is okay. And opens are just a little bit strange in the way that they work. Well, I think that sounds pretty good. I think we covered a lot of awesome metrics that should be able to help people look at the overall health of their list. And if there's anything in this podcast episode that we didn't cover related to metrics, or if you have questions, we would love, love, love to receive feedback from you. You can go to convertkit.com slash deliverability. And yeah, we're excited about metrics. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I love some good data. So Go into your current account. If you're using ConvertKit, go in there. If not, go to whatever ESP you're using and look at your metrics. See how you're doing and look for some ways to improve and provide value to your audience. Thank you all for listening and we will see you next week. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Deliverability Defined. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast wherever you're listening. And if you have time, please leave us a review. You can find a resource guide for today's show at convertkit.com slash deliverability, where we outline all of the information you need to know from today's episode. If you have a question or topic you want us to cover, let us know within the ConvertKit community or at convertkit.com slash deliverability. We'll see you next week.